your host for Lacrosse Talk PM, Rick Sola. All right, welcome to a Thursday of Lacrosse Talk PM. 608-785-7914 is the talk at text. I'm just going to get right into it because I've got Lieutenant Timothy Dillery on. Tim is the lieutenant of the Prairie du Chien Fire Department. And Tim, I'm just going to... I'm going to kind of let you tell a story here that happened on Saturday. Essentially, uh, you you guys were training, and you, and you had uh, maybe one of the most realistic training exercises you've ever had, huh? Yeah, we were uh, doing a Coast Guard class. We just recently purchased a new boat, so we were all getting certified on that. And uh, a pager went off, so we got called down to the river for a dog that had went on the ice and fell through. So... Uh, <laughs> So how far how far away you how long were you working you're doing your training exercise and then uh, how long were you doing that and then how far down that maybe down the river were you just up or down the river from from where the, the this happened Yeah we were kind of in the middle of Pregerson we're at the city hall building um, so we were about oh six or eight blocks away from the fire station and then from the fire station to the river spot where we needed to get to was oh probably three four miles. All right, so, and and then you you guys just cook it over the river. A, a, a black lab had gone gone down, gone underwater. What happened? Yep, um, my family was out working the dog, and one of the girls threw a stick to it, threw it out onto the ice, and the dog obviously went out after it to retrieve it and broke through when they got out there. So they did the right thing. They called us right away, and uh, we got a. Very cool resource. It's a articulating um, ladder truck, so the end of the boom um, articulates up or down, so we can go negative if we need to. So I pulled in the parking lot, and a bunch of the firefighters were already there. They kind of had me all set up and ready to go. So I pulled in, parked. They got the truck undone, and uh, we went out there from the shoreline, probably. I don't know, 25, 30 feet off the shoreline. So it was, and it was probably, the water there was probably nine or 10 feet deep. So it wasn't like anything. You're just going to walk out there. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, looking at uh, the dog. So. You sent me the picture. I, I, I don't know. Are you running the boom? Are you in the boom? What Are you in yep, this picture? So, yep. So I was running the boom, and then uh, the assistant chief was in there with me. Um, he actually re- reached out to the access door when we got to the dog. Um, grabbed the dog by the collar, and then uh, we were able to get the dog back into the basket and get back to shore. So Now, I see the ice is kind of broken in the picture, and we'll, we'll have this up on wizardnew.com in a little bit, but the, the ice is kind of broken. Was the, Do you think that was that because the dog was struggling to get out? Yeah, the dog was kind of in like a V pocket of ice and tried to get his paws back up onto the ice, but just it was over a 100-pound lab, and he just didn't have enough momentum to get himself back up and anytime he tried he just kept breaking through so yeah and this uh the girl's pretty good arm if she threw the the stick that far out i don't know but we're at this point now where i mean stay off the river right is that is that i'm not a fisherman so i'm, I'm sure there are some fishermen out there that can find these these backwater holes that that might be still frozen because of shade but are we just to the point where ice fishing is done yeah, I definitely wouldn't go out there. It's uh, this time of year, everything's starting to warm up, and it's just uh, best to stay off. Okay, so and I forget is the dog's name. What was the dog's name again? The dog's name was Clyde. Clyde, right? That's Clyde right. Clyde, yep. 
and uh, you you guys grab Clyde. I'm sure you you lift him up into the boom. What was Clyde? How was Clyde feeling once you got him out of the the icy Mississippi? He was super receptive of us. Uh, he growled a little bit at first when we got out there, and then uh, we got him calmed down and got him in the basket. And yeah, he was shaking the water off, and he was very glad to see us and be in someplace secure. So. Now, if this was my dog, uh, she would have ran back out to the river to get the stick because she'd be like, where's my stick? I got to go get it. She's got to have something in her mouth to greet everyone. My dog's a golden retriever. Uh, Clyde didn't try to go back out on the river, did he? No, we got him on a leash. He had his collar on me, hooked hooked him up again, and then, uh, yeah, he was just wanting people to pet him, and he was happy to be back on land. Now, do you guys have, like, any treats in your truck for Clyde? Did you have anything like that? We didn't, no. (laughs) Um, and I don't know, have you had any experience like this where, where, I mean, it's very, if you guys weren't training, would, would you've been out there as fast? Uh, what would have happened? Do you think? Yeah, we've got a really good response time. We got a lot of people that live close to the station. So, um, when the pager goes off, it's, it's usually a couple minutes and we've got somebody at the station. So yeah, it was kind of nice though. We all assembled in a group and, um, myself and another firefighter went up and got the ladder truck and got that rolling and. Other people went to the scene, and they were able to let us know before we we got there what was going on. So it worked out real good. Good now teamwork. You, now you saved Clyde. He's a he's a black lab. Did uh, has Clyde visited the station since? I don't know. You guys are a volunteer fire department, I believe. So maybe you're not always hanging out in the station. Yeah, no, he hasn't visited since. But maybe we'll see him again out sometime soon. Yeah, and uh, the idea here, you have this boom truck, so it's kind of nice because it just lifts you out into, and you don't even have to get in the water or anything. You can hover right above the ice. If that weren't the case, what would you have done to get the dog out of the water or get a, you know, even get a person out of the water in this situation? Yeah, we would have had to get a bone or um, ice rescue suits, ropes. You know, we would have had to kind of went with a little more old school approach but being having having that ladder truck is really like i said it's a it's a valuable resource because you can do so many things with it and it's quick and efficient uh have you had any other ice rescues uh or th- this year so far um uh, no nope, not our department there has been another one in town though the, the police were fortunate enough to get that person back out so that worked well too yeah, we had one, uh, I believe, either last week or two weeks ago in Onalaska, and on the same day, somebody was four-wheeling in, in Stoddard and, and went went under as well, I think a, an older gentleman. So uh, these things are uh, not uncommon this time of year, but uh, people don't don't go fishing on the river, and dogs uh, don't go fetching sticks on the river until until the ice is totally gone. I will say my dog went swimming like, uh, like three weeks ago when it was pretty cold out. Yep. Um, all right, Tim. I really appreciate you calling in and and just telling us. I wanted to to you know start this off with a with a pretty cool story, and and that's awesome that you guys were able to do that. Thanks a lot. I appreciate it. You betcha. Thanks for your time. All right, that was Tim Timothy Dillery. He's the lieutenant at the Prairie du Chien Fire Department. Yeah, I just wanted to to kind of kick off the show with that. Uh, that story was really cool, and I, I I wanted to bring him on. And congrats to the. Uh, the Prairie du Chien Fire Department for doing that and, and being, you know, it sounds like they would have been ready regardless, uh, but they were just happened to be training. So I'm sure all the guys and, and, and girls were, all the men and women were out there uh, to help, probably the biggest dog rescue in the history of the world uh, when the whole volunteer fire department is, is training and then they all get to go help out. Um, all right, coming up, a uh, little change of pace, but I wanted to get that one out there. Uh, Keontae Turner is going to join me. Uh, he is running for 
uh, city council here in La Crosse in District 12. He's the only guy going up against an incumbent. So there's only one incumbent on the ballot as we have all these races. I think six or seven races. I always forget. There's 13 council members. So there's either six races or seven races because half the council every other every other voting uh, period. Um, but he's going against Doug Happel. But I actually don't even want to... Uh, we're going to talk about some other stuff here. If you if you haven't heard, uh, there was a racist incident or incidents at Viterbo the last couple of days. I think Monday and Tuesday actually, um, and then and the community and students and faculty all gathered at Viterbo to to speak out on racism and and to kind of you know just gather and, and show support as well. So we're going to talk to him about that. We'll be back after this on Wisdom. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line. You want to shoot me a text? I'm talking to Keontae Turner right now. He's a Viterbo graduate, and uh, there was a, inc- a couple of incidents at Viterbo, if you haven't heard, uh, some racist incidents t- directed at one of the students in the dorms there on Monday and Tuesday as well. And Viterbo, you know, students, faculty, community members all gathered in, in the courtyard today. This is kind of a show support. Other students spoke out about racism, uh, you know, spoke about just, you know, this is the time to to come together. But Keontae Turner's a Keontae, you're a black dude. You're from Milwaukee. Uh, sure. can, can you just talk about, I don't, uh, you know, you, you want to talk about what you what you your initial reaction to uh, what you heard uh, happened at your alma mater? Yeah, yeah. So it was, I, I will be completely honest, it's completely deplorable, right? So it's completely deplorable and uh, disgusting in a sense. Um, and so uh, what was what was done was, of course, there were uh, it was rhetoric that was left on a kid's door and it said, get out of our school, right? The other one was, you're a bad person because you're black. Uh, that then was actually cleaned off of the door, right? Someone came and, and cleaned it off. And then another message was left, and it said, leave our school. Um, you're an ugly black girl. I'm not joking. Yeah. So I will tell you that I am uh, indubitably uh, proud of the way that the community has come together, as well as the faculty and staff there at the Turbo. Um, but I, I think we're, we're looking at a, a deeper situation. I'll be completely honest. As a 30-year-old, right, um, I, I do believe that 2020, right, going into 21, because it doesn't stop, it was probably the most divisive, racially divisive years of my entire life. Um, and it, and it, it's kind of getting, it's hitting home now, right? Um, we've had our situations here in La Crosse before where we had the spray painting on the, I want to say it was one of the cab companies. Yep. And, the, you know, the, everybody came together to, to you know, um, written, written that and, but I, I really think that we should start to look at um, these things differently. I, I want to be completely honest. I think this starts, I think it starts at home. Right, I am not looking to the turbo to teach kids right um, to to not be racist and say deplorable things. And I, I think it, it starts with the parents. It starts at home, and we we really need to be very cognizant about that. What children are you sending into um, our workplaces? Right, as a director at the Y, what what children are you sending into these universities? Um, where does this entitlement come from? Where one of the words that stick out to me the most is our school get out of our school. And this was left two times. Get out of our school and leave our school. And so I, I really think that um, as a community, we should really start to look at these things uh, a, a little closer. For instance, um, we are talking about, uh, and, and, and the rest is sure, I think that Viterbo will indeed get to the bottom of this and 
um, and, and, and hold accountable the person who, who has done this stuff. But I, I really think that we're not looking at the traumatic experience that this kid is going through, right? So as a, as a Viterbo uh, grad, and uh, I will tell you that any kid actually going to college here um, in a predominantly white city, these are the things we go through all the time. Now, I have not done or, or I've not you know, dealt with these things, but these things are very, very, uh, I will tell you, we deal with them quite often um, on predominantly white campuses where there is an entitlement, um, you know, of the student body who say, hey, this is, this is our school and you are a visitor. And so the traumatic, uh, the traumatic experience that, that one goes through, right, um, you're supposed to feel that your university is, is, is your space, is your safe haven, and I don't think we do a very good job. Uh, you know, at doing that. This is one of the things we've been working on for my time on the Board of Education, which is trying to figure out how we make these classrooms as uh, inclusive and as inviting as possible. And so I, I just really feel like we need to, we need to take a step back and, and look at the trauma that this is, this is not only going to, to be for, for this child, for the student rather, but like for students coming after her, right? This story is, it's, it's a, it's a, a citywide story, but it, this is nationally happening everywhere. This is not just a lacrosse Wisconsin problem. Um, so I, I really think that we should take a, take a step back and, and start to figure out how we mitigate these things and, and be more proactive rather than reactive. Yeah, and I think when you say, I think when you say uh, it's, it's happening in lacrosse, this is a national problem, I think a lot of people go, sure. yeah, this is a national problem, and then go, oh, it is happening in little lacrosse wisconsin we've seen this more and more sure. you know uwl has had has had its uh, similar situations where uh, racist comments on dorm doors and and stuff like that or notes you know about sure. that um and when you say i think when i talked to you earlier i think maybe you, people miss you might have misspoke uh you say you have not experienced racism you haven't experienced racism like this at viterbo but you in your life have you in your life oh. experienced racism oh, absolutely Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I will tell you, but one of the one of the longest standing jobs they ever had was working for uh, Gunderson. I was a surgical technologist at Gunderson. Yeah. And so I will tell you that uh, there was one time I just wanted to go. This is at a micro level. I'll tell you the things that I've dealt with, because I think we, we I think we think we live in the same universe. And sadly, we don't. I don't get to wake up like you. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't get to wake up like other people. I'm black. And, and that has its own vices. Um, so I, I will tell you, I went off to, to break one day in full garb, right? Um, had all my, my surgical clothes on. And before I walked over to the bench, I heard um, all the doors lock on a person maybe waiting for someone to come out. And so I went over to the car, and I knew that the car was, you know, a, a newer car, but I still made the motion of, you know, can you, can you crank down your window? And I said, hey, did you did you just lock your door because I walked by you? And the lady said, um, yeah, you, you, you were making me nervous. I said, what about you? Uh, what about me was making you nervous heading over to the bench to just have my lunch, right? And so just at a, just at a micro level, things like that that happen to us all the time living here across Wisconsin. I'm a, I'm a leader um, in this community, and uh, if I don't speak up about these kind of things, uh, I don't know what I would be doing, right? I, I think that it's, it's important for us to understand that we do live in parallel universes, you know what I mean? One of my friends I was talking to yesterday, I said, hey, have you been noticing all the deplorable things, like, on the news, especially in 2020? And he said to me, well, um, no, we just turned the TV off. And I, I really need the lacrosse community to understand that as a black man, I can't just turn the TV off because I don't want to see what's on it, right? Because it may make me feel bad. I have to live this. 
right? There are a complete and utter difference. There is a complete and utter difference, if you will. Um, uh, the way I live and the way that you all live, right? The respect that you get by default. And so I, I just, I really feel like uh, most of the times, yeah, we will make it. Well, it's, it's in little lacrosse Wisconsin, but everybody's having this problem. But everybody doesn't live in lacrosse Wisconsin. We have a social responsibility to our city in making it better so that people won't leave these things on garage doors of cab companies or dorm doors of, of students of color. Uh, and so I, I just, I, I, uh, I implore to you all to, to understand uh, what it looks like to, to try to live in unity, unity, if you will, you know, in some kind of unison. So uh, that, I think that's probably where I'm at. I'm a little, I'm a little disgusted. I'll be completely honest. Um, I, I will tell you, I had a, um, I had a, uh, a, a keynote speech today, and I went off, I went off um, of my topic in talking about this because it was just heavy on my heart, you know, and, and this is not, this is just one student, but if you, if you wanted to gather all the students that deal with something like this, microaggressions at UWL or, you know, or WTC or Viterbo, you, you'll get a lot of them. Now, do you, do you ever feel patronized at any point by, I guess, white people when, you know, we're trying, you know, I'm, I'm essentially a white dude. We're trying to, uh, you know, feel for you guys and, and and do what we can, but you know, I think a lot of people are like, I don't know what to do. Sure. Yeah. No. I, I think that like um, one of the most important things to do, though, is to do right. If we don't do because we are afraid of having conversations or saying the wrong things, we'll never get anywhere, right? So if if I can tell you, um, and if I can leave something to your audience, please get comfortable with being uncomfortable because I'm uncomfortable every day I wake up. Right, having to live in a predominantly white community and, and move the way I move in this community and know that um, my skin tone, you know, something as simple as that, could very well be uh, something that, that negates my mission. So I, I really need you to, to understand that just starting that conversation, right? And this goes back to the home. I really need you on Thanksgiving to have those conversations with Uncle Bobby. Right. And, and I, I do like you know, Uncle Bobby is usually the one that comes over on Thanksgiving, very opinionated. Right. And says some pretty deplorable things that you guys just laugh about and don't talk to him about. Right. And, well, you just give him a beer. We need to start having these conversations at the dinner table. Now, you're, you're... Then if, if you don't, you, you get kids like the ones that just put the stuff on that kid's door at the table. Yeah. And people people tend to at, during around the holidays, not talk about stuff like that and and that doesn't help um you're 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 a member of you know the acronym black and uh you're the founder of youth uh founder of rise youth uh is that a is that can you can you talk about what rise youth is and can can uh people get involved in that definitely yeah yeah no so i actually uh i founded um rise um rise is a youth ministry um that i started i also have a church on Caledonia Street here in La Crosse, Wisconsin, that I was co-founder of. And um, out of that, I, I, uh, I essentially just mentor youth, right? Um, I mentor youth of color. I mentor youth of um, all the sense, right? And so it's, it's important for me to understand, uh, for them to understand that there are people like myself who are black, um, who want to see them do well, right, and can be an advocate for them and, and can be a person there in, in a mentor position to help them through um, life. So it, it essentially is uh, it's a mentorship program. Uh, black Leaves Acquiring Collective Knowledge, BLACK, the acronym, is uh, something I've been a part of for maybe five years yet. 
and uh, we we essentially do the same thing um, in our in our schools and in the community at large. And it is pretty much just trying to get you know kids of the black and brown hue to understand that they are valued, right? To understand that they do hold merit, um, and that they do matter, and their lives do matter, right? And we show them at a micro level and a macro level that um, we are here as leaders of this community. We care about you. Um, and so and we do a lot of fun stuff as well. Of course, we don't want it to be all completely educational and daunting, but we go on trips. Um, we've taken um, many of them on their first flights to HBCUs, um, museums all over down south, and just, just pretty much acclimate them about uh, with the culture that they are not uh, acclimated with within, uh, in our school district. Uh, another, we're speaking with Keontae Turner. He is running for city council in District 12 against incoming Doug Happel. And I think we're going to talk yeah. next week about more city council stuff. I'd love to have you, but sure. I know you're busy. Um, just one other thing, too, is is the best thing that, that we could do is, is just the, like the white community is just... Uh, you know, and especially me is is get built, get black people on on the air, get people get black people to tell their stories, and then just expose the fact that hey, this is happening. Oh, I didn't even because a lot of these protests the last summer, you hear a lot of these people, and today even uh, you hear a lot of these uh, you know black people talking about their stories of racism right here in our area, and you're just like, oh, sure. I can't believe that that's happened to you. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I think that that's probably one of the best things to do is to get people in our community to speak to their testimony, right? I think that one of the best teaching tools ever is the testimony of a person, right? So I, I think that that is one way, but it also is to to not make, to not listen to their story and then shoe fly it, right? Um, what we need you to do, right, is we need you to actually hear our stories without saying, well, we don't want to hear well. We don't want to hear but. We don't want to hear any of that stuff. We just want to tell you, well, this is what's happening, and it is happening to me on an everyday you know, level um, or everyday basis, if you will. And so just just be receptive, you know what I mean, and, and do allow people to tell their own stories in a sense. So I love that, you know, multiple people are reaching out to that student to get their, you know, get their side um, and just, you know, how, how are you feeling about that? You know, that is a traumatic experience that people are going, she's probably going to have to have some type of therapy. I'll be completely honest. This is not really something funny to be joking about. This is a hate crime. This is literally a hate crime. And I reckon you'll do your due diligence in figuring out and looking up what a hate crime is, uh, if you don't know what it is. But this, this, this student, um, essentially, a hate crime was, it was, was formed against her. So I, I really think that we for sure need to give people the platform to share their testimony. Um, but indeed... Be co-conspirators. Be people alongside us, right? We, we do live in, sadly, two alternate universes, which is why I can go through what I can go through. And then when you hear it from me, you'll say, well, I never thought that was happening. Yeah, it does. Yeah, exactly. And it does happen to a black, educated man like myself. It doesn't matter how many degrees you got or what, what positions you're in. I still um, you know, go through racism every day in my life. I, you know, that's just what I have to adhere to. All right, Keontae, uh, we'll talk to you next week, and hopefully not too long from now, we'll see you uh, on the basketball court. Beautiful, indeed. <laughs> my, 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 I was going to say, I was going to mention that. We need to get back on the court. We'll figure that thing out. I know. We had, a little, we had a little noon ball Viterbo reunion uh, at the uh, at the today at Viterbo, just outside listening to everybody, and then had a little talk Beautiful. afterwards. So uh, it was good seeing right, everyone. Well, All right, man, thanks a lot for joining awesome. us. Awesome. Hey, thank you very much, Rick. Have a good one now. You too. See ya. All right, that was Keontae Turner. Uh, you know, he's got a lot of accolades here. He's a Milwaukee native, a turbo grad, uh, community youth and family director at the Y. 
member of the Criminal Justice Management Council, uh, you know, member of uh, what's called Black. It's an acronym, and the the founder of uh, Rise. So you, you heard him there. Uh, appreciate him coming on. All right, we're gonna we gotta get get the Scott's comment. We're running late here. We'll get the Scott's comment. Brad doing the news. We'll be back after this. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line if you want to get in here. Thanks a lot to uh, Keontae Turner talking about the his experience a little bit and, and the incident that happened, the incidents that happened at Viterbo. And describing a little bit more, as if you talk to Viterbo officials, you kind of get a broad idea of what happened and... Um, Always, always kind of a, and, and, you know, then he's going to hear, he's going to hear a little bit more directly what, what exactly happened. But, uh, we got a couple of people calling in here. Uh, Eric for Sparta's calling in. Eric, uh, Eric, go ahead. You're on the air. Yeah. I feel sorry for that black people. Don't want to admit it's, it's pathetic. I would never do anything like that. Um, the main reason I'm calling is about, are you ready to listen to Biden tonight when he gets on the air and stumbles his way through uh, something he has no reason or understanding it whatsoever. He'll stumble through his speech, just like usual. Uh, I can't wait for tomorrow night when he addresses the nation. Did they take any did, questions? Didn't you, just, didn't you just call the other day mad that Biden hadn't spoke, and now you're mad that he's going to speak? What? No, no, I'm happy. I'm happy he's going to speak because he'll, he'll be exposed. Okay. I mean, it does Biden... Confident and uh, senile and... Uh, well, what do you yeah, think he's going to talk yeah, about? Yeah, dementia. Biden has dementia, you know, he, he walks off the stage, he just stumbles off the stage, and uh, who's following right behind him? Kamala. Because Kamala is okay. running the show, and his, and his uh, minders, his uh, gatekeepers and stuff like that, and Jen Psaki, is covering for him. The guy's incompetent. Sorry. But that's are, you, are you wrapping yourself in your phone cord right now? I don't know what's happening. It's really loud. Well, wait a second. Sound any better? Yeah, now it does. It sounds like you're just spinning in circles, and your phone cords wrapping around your body. Um, well, <laughs> but 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 Eric, should we give can we give Biden a chance here to talk before we throw him under the bus? Is he took a news conference and uh, taking a news conference and uh, does he become president? He can't handle it. All right, but that's, that's he, he's, he's talking tomorrow. He is incompetent. He has no idea what he's talking about. All right, so I mean the the, the irony here is that comparing the, saying that about Biden uh, anyway. Triple Tom. Hey, Triple Tom, you're on the air. Go ahead. Okay, I'm just going to ask you a couple questions, Rick, to start out with. Do you know who Jesse Smollett is? Uh, something about, he was he an actor some, at some point? I, yeah. I know I know a little bit about that story, but I, I yeah. are you going to try to compare yeah. that to a girl, uh, a, a victim of racism at Viterbo? Are you going to do that right now, Tom? Is that what you're going to do? No, not even close. Okay. What I'm going to say is that uh, Jesse Smollett taught the world, let's wait until the facts come out to start condemning people. Into Let's wait until we know the story. Let's not spend a whole hour or whatever or the next three months uh, until we know what this was, who it was, and, and then deal with it. And, and it's important to just wait until we know the facts. So somebody's a victim of racism. We can't gather in the courtyard at Viterbo and support that person? 
Well, I don't have a problem with that at all, but you, you just really, in my opinion, we should wait. Before we go too far, it's, it's fine to condemn racism. That's good. We should always do that. But it's real important to get the facts before, so, you know, we, we just spent quite a bit of conversation on uh, woe is me and how hard and terrible it is to be black. And, and, and I understand there are definitely people like that. If you're interested, I'll tell you a story about, about what happened to me. Well, are, are you, do you think somebody? Do you think this girl is faking racism directed at her? Is that what you think? Evitable? I'm not going to make. It, I'm not going to say that. I wouldn't make any accusations. I just know that everyone is convicted of a crime long before they've been in, behind a jury. And well, we so haven't. We, we don't know who just did step this. Back and wait till we know the facts. All right. All right. Thanks. Thanks, Tom. I. I, I would say that uh, the fact is that somebody's a victim of. Uh, hatred and we're going to speak out against it and we don't know who the person is that did it to that person so it's not like we're pointing fingers at any particular person at this point um so yeah i i i think we're we're good i don't think we're uh we're at jesse smollett yet um fred texted in uh so keontae told a story before the break uh just about and this is all anyone latched on he, he was walking out of Gunderson or walking in the Gunderson parking lot and some woman in her car locked the door as he walked by. And so he approached her and right away you're like, okay, well, you could have just let that be. But he, he was curious. Uh, and she said, yeah, he, she, he made her nervous as a, as a black dude walking by. or she I don't think she said black dude, but you could make that assumption, Tom, if you want. Uh, but, but the idea here was that... <laughs> I think, and Fred says, in all fairness, people lock their doors no matter what color a stranger is. Uh, Joe, same thing. A stranger walks by my car. I lock the doors if I'm sitting there, regardless of the person's color. Stop playing the race card. Um, yeah, the he was dressed in his like green Gunderson garb, right? Like the any any if you you know you know what all the the Gunderson workers wear. Then I don't know if the nurses wear the green garb, but like whatever the the techs. They got the green outfit on. You're outside of Gunderson. I don't know. Seems like, uh, I don't know if I'm locking my doors because some Gunderson doctor walks by my car. I'm pretty sure it was probably because he was black. Whether or not he should have approached her and asked, he was curious. And uh, maybe he wanted to enlighten her on the fact that, hey, I'm just a dude. (laughs) I'm just walking by. No need to be scared. Um, But, you know, that's all anyone wants to latch on on to. And it's just kind of pathetic, honestly. Uh, 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line. Uh, city council meeting tonight. It would have been nice to, to keep Keontae on and, and just talk to him as a as a guy running for city council against Doug Happel, the only incumbent in the in the city council uh, election coming up April 6th, and uh, just talk to him. But we'll do that next week, and, and Keontae's brother is, is running as well, and I, uh, I turned the page. I, I, I have 75 tabs open, but of course the one tab I have open of uh, the – the list of candidates. I closed that one. Let me see if I can find that as I try to talk and walking and talking kind of hard to do on, on the radio, so to speak, walking, doing two things at once. But, uh, yeah, it would have been, it would have been nice to get his take. You know, this is what the city council has to deal with. Uh, the committee meetings last week, the, the council meets tonight and some of the issues that are on deck for tonight. Uh, uh Brad did, Brad did, uh, the two two of the more important things i well one i don't know how important this one is the the idea that we need to uh punish people more for not shoveling their sidewalks part partly yes shovel your sidewalks 
Uh, and on the flip side, uh, at this point, it's kind of funny to talk about because it does seem like it does seem like winter's over. It does. Am I being fooled? Am I? Are we gonna get? I mean, it, it snows in April multiple times, right? It's it's done that uh, at least last year. It's they've probably done that a couple of times in the last couple of years. Uh, so, and you always see those memes on on social media, like where we're at in in Wisconsin winter, right? There's winter, and then there's fake spring, and then there's second winter, and then there's uh, you know another fake spring or whatever. They're pretty clever, pretty clever. Those are the the memes I'm into on Facebook, and I'm always like, eh, I think we're at the first fake spring as opposed to the second or third one. Uh, but man, it's starting to it's starting to wonder because uh, most of the snow by my house is gone. I almost think that Valley High Golf Course is going to open up. I think it's the first one that opens up uh, in in the area. But uh, this is uh, the idea that we're going to punish people for for shoveling their sidewalks. That's one of the the things up for a, a council debate tonight or a council vote. Um, the other one, one of the other things too, is uh, lacrosse community theater. We talked to Mayor Tim Cabot on Monday about this a little bit. Uh, the idea that they want to defer their payment to the city of $27,000 because they didn't have any events, right? They didn't make any money. How are we going to do this? How are we going to pay this? Um, but I think a lot of people are in that position. A lot of entities, I should say, as opposed to people, but people run those entities, right? And, uh, you know, if we're, if we're, it's one of those cases, like if we're doing that for you, do we have to do that for you? The Weber, Weber Center, I should say, at the Weber Center, Lacrosse Community Theater is home of that, but. Uh, if we do that for the Weber Center, do we have to do that for other businesses? And and then when 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 and where does it end? And when do you do you pay that back later? How does that work? I guess defer the payment, right? So um, maybe not maybe not a huge deal, but uh, then we we got to do it for you. We got to give do it for everyone. If I give you some of my potato chips, I have to give my potato chips to everyone. So I'm just gonna be selfish. Keep on with potato chips. Um, all right. So I'm gonna take uh, one more quick break. And uh, wrap up. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. 608-785-7914. I don't know why I re- reel that off so fast, but I do it every day. 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line. I would have a turbo this afternoon at the courtyard there. A uh, couple hundred people. I haven't counted all the little bodies there. Uh, uh, listening to uh, a lot of students speak out speak up about racism that they've experienced what we should do what we shouldn't do uh you know most of the people have a turbo white so they kind of all right here's here's what most of y'all need to need to think about and um these things are always interesting to, to go to and listen to uh those people talk also uh pretty brave for 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 people to just go up there and and i mean i do it every day so no, no i'm just kidding uh, but people pretty brave for people to go out on the courtyard, grab that mic, and speak to all these people about such a such a topic and their experiences and and how they feel about what's happened and and um, I just, like really I really admire that and I don't I would never I mean I'm walking around that that the area there I'm taking pictures of everyone uh, and I'm a little uncomfortable because I'm like oh everyone's looking this way but that person is speaking and I can't you know all eyes are on them and. Um, but they're speaking from the heart, and it was, it was really impressive to hear everybody out there. And at all these protests, a lot of these protests in the in the summer as well, just like, who wants to talk? And it's not like there's a script or anything, so just go up and freelance and talk about their experiences and, 
and uh, some eye open, you know, opens a lot of people's eyes, I believe, if you go to these things and listen to, to what they had to say. Um, I will say, too, also, and in, in running to get these picks, I know a couple of people at Viterbo, a couple of faculty members, so it was nice to, to, to get out and see these people in person again. Uh, Keith Knudsen was there. Um, a couple of people I've had on the show. Rick, uh, I didn't see Rick Kite there, um, but I also saw uh, Ryan Anderson and Eric Weinberg were, were a couple of guys that had come on the show a couple, uh, it might have been, uh, it was probably a little over a year ago, to talk about the, the city cameras. They were doing a study on uh, the city cameras and, and how they interact with police and stuff like that. So it was nice to see those guys, All also guys I play basketball with. But uh, in in talking with Ryan, who's a faculty member there, he said, uh, you, and I'm like, God, I'd like, like to get a good picture if I could get higher up. And he's like, just go in that building and just go up there and take a picture. Like there's, you can get in there and all those, all those are like study halls. You can just go. So I went in the building and, and, uh, it was, I think the fifth floor and got up there and, and realized just how out of shape I am. So, uh, yeah, maybe I'll, maybe I'll go back to the turbo and just start doing the stairs. Cause I got up to the fifth floor and I was sweating and I was tired. Uh, then I took some pictures. I haven't done anything really in a year. I've rode a bike a couple of times, but. Uh, just a little sidebar to what we uh, to what was actually going down. The more important issue is going down at Viterbo today. Um, but, yeah, it was kind of funny. It's kind of eye-opening in two two ways. Like, okay, get to hear these experiences. Also, way out of shape. And five flights of stairs shouldn't shouldn't kill me. But did a little bit. So it was always embarrassing to go back down and, and try to, to interact with people. Hey, Rick, why are you sweating? Um, I just ran up five flights of stairs. Uh, Eric from Sparta is calling back. Eric, you're back. Yeah, the kids can also be at that. Uh, was he at that uh, demonstration today? I th- I think uh, I think most of the faculty members were at the demonstration today. Oh, it's kind of you have him back on anytime soon because always good for a laugh, you know. Yeah, I like talk. Keith, I I will say uh, it, it it did jog my memory. I haven't had Keith on in a while, but uh, so with COVID, I will say so. Keith is a professor and uh, a lecturer, if you will, and with with Keith on the phone. Calling Keith and, and doing the show on the phone, as good as it was when he was in the studio, I, I, I enjoyed it, and I think a lot of people enjoyed talking with him. And he was he he handled the calls very well. On the phone, he's a lecturer, and he there's no eye contact here between him and I, and so the the idea of having this, a conversation about whatever it is we want to have a conversation about is a lot more difficult with Keith off on on the phone line. So. If I'm if he's in here and we did this we did this quite often right we did this once a week when I was first starting out and uh, when he was in here we were able to talk look at each other I, he could see that I wanted to chime in or I, I wanted to cut him off uh, but as a you know a, a, a professor a lecturer and he's on the phone and he doesn't have the, those cues from me that eye contact even my you know he could see in my mouth I'm, I'm leaning into my mic I want to get in here he doesn't have any of that so it tended to just he, he tended to just t- talk most of the time and uh and it was hard to just have a conversation in in that regard and we we made light of that too we we talked about it on the air and and joked about how that was it was like come on Keith like you're just talking us all to sleep with this history you know like you want to talk about the constitution and this and that I don't uh, it's just that stuff bores me. I think so. we had a caller last week start doing that, and I was like, okay. Anyway, we're just talking about even Dave Carney will come in and 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 call in and and not either guest host. He used to guest host, but also uh, just you know come on as a guest, and he'll start doing the George Washington be turning over in his grave when they wrote the Constitution. And I'd just be like, oh, okay, that's uh, 
that's good. I don't need, I don't, I don't want to go down that road. Um, all right. Speaking of pro- political science professors, we're going to have Dr. Anthony Tregoski on tomorrow. And hey, we, we will, uh, we'll talk about some of the, the federal issues, the stimulus package and, and, and stuff like that. Uh, what else can we talk about there? If you didn't see on wisdomnews.com, there is an interesting story about gerrymandering and how uh, some attorneys were hired maybe illegally and they're getting paid $30,000 a month for consulting. And we're not even at the point of gerrymandering yet. They're redistricting. So we might talk about that as well. All right. Thanks for listening. We'll be back tomorrow.